This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Tuesday. Welcome to Both Snurdly's Rush Hour here on WABC. If you would like to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC is the number, 800-848-9222. Quickly, it's time for Jen's dress report. She's dressed like it's a hot date night. Usually, she wears her finest outfits on Monday. This Monday she came in with sweats and whatever else. It's like I'm not going anywhere tonight. Today Jen must have the date. I don't have a date, but I went yeah, yeah. I went to the gym at 7 o'clock this morning, so you know I was feeling ready for the day. So you know. Yeah. I woke up in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what we can do to change that in the afternoon. No, you look beautiful, Jen. Thank you. Um, this is a special day for us. We have been worried our socks off and everything else for the past number of months since we have heard from our dear friend Mark Stein. And Mark is back. Mark will be with us today shortly. And we will explain to, or Mark will explain to everyone where he's been and what's gone on. So, but we also going to do what we do, which is talk about the news. Tonight is the State of the Union show in Washington, D.C. In advance of that, the White House is telling us how great everybody's lives are. There are still residuals from the Grammys. Yesterday, we covered some of the more obscene moments from the Grammys, including the Satan, Satan worshiping act that fell in CBS's tweet. Are you ready to worship? Which preceded the Satan, worse, the Satan, the Lucifer wor- worship segment of the Grammys. Which they've since deleted, by the way. Oh, they deleted that yeah, tweet. Yeah, they deleted it. Oh, I read that today. Good. And then, of course, there was the Beyonce unhappiness. Beyonce wins, becomes the all-time leading person in the Grammys with 32 Grammys, yet upset because she didn't win Album of the Year and how racist that was, according to the Washington Post and everyone else. Harry Styles in the news today. He sparks a backlash because he said something about people like him don't usually get the Grammys, and now it's all this white privilege stuff. Chappelle, Hollywood reporters erupt in fury, apparently because Dave Chappelle won a Grammy also. It's his fourth Grammy. And how can that happen? 
blah, 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 blah. Ralph Warnick is in the news. He is uh, he's suggesting he doesn't know if his brand new children's book would be banned in Florida. This is more of the attempt to smear, to smear Governor DeSantis. There is a story we will not have time today, but I want to call your attention today. This story could take an entire hour. Ben Weingarten has done a story for Real Clear Investigations about the amalgamated bank. Five branches in three cities controls billions and billions of dollars. And why is that important? Because a lot of the billions of dollars that are being controlled there are left-wing and left-wing groups apparently use this to mobilize their economic forces. It is a very lengthy investigation. We've asked to see whether we can get Mr. Weingarten on the show to actually talk about it at some point in the near future. That person over at PMSNBC, whose name I rarely mention, is back. The You know, the angry, bitter woman who happens to be black. She says she hasn't watched it in years, but she really enjoyed it. To put it mildly, the celebration of the very thing American right has turned into its latest anti-wokeness boogeyman, diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's what she says that the uh, Grammys were all about. It's a total defeat for conservatives in the culture wars. Yeah, well, I had news for you. There are not many people invested in looking at the Grammys anyway. But that being the case, we're going to take an early break so that we can spend as much time with Mark Stein as we possibly can on the other side of the break. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. It is Bo Snurley's Rush Hour here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Do the traffic last if we have to. And we'll be back, ladies and gentlemen, right after this. Don't go away. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. He's always mistakenly British. Teen Crumpets. Cheerio. But he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents. Oh, I know who you are. America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, presents Mark Stein. And the moment we have been waiting for... Mark Stein in the house. Mark Hi, Stein. James. <laughs> okay, Mark. You had us worried this time, buddy. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I had the short story is I had two heart attacks. 
And actually, I think that intro now is way too lively. I've been told that I should just be uh, having wind chimes and irritating instrumental new age music. (laughs) So that intro has got to go. It's way too lively. And you talking about how hot Jen looked in the get-up she's wearing for her date tonight, uh, that also placed too much stress on my bum ticker. I could feel my ventricles... Including, uh, even as you were describing it. So I don't want any more of that. My, I, I just can't take any of that kind of excitement anymore. Goodness, Mark. <laughs> Mark, people, I just want to just read one. And this is one of, of hundreds. And it came today this morning. Mark is back today. I have prayed for that man. You have had so many people praying for you and sending you good wishes. And I hope that you felt all of that stuff as you were recovering from from uh, this incident no i i i did actually feel that i was you know when it happened and the first time the nurses allowed me to look at my laptop again the first thing you see of course are these tweets from people who wish you dead and everything and and so you just think uh, <laughs> you know you know what that's oh, yes. like uh, oh, yeah. and uh, and so you 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 put the thing to one side and then actually i i realized that the majority of people uh, are not like that and they don't want you dead and i was absolutely overwhelmed by all the uh, kind wishes from around the world and and it was and it was really uh, touching and that's as i said why i'm just so boring and into new age wind chimes now. so uh, I've, it's totally mellowed me out i won't be able to i won't be able to make a dime in this business because i'm i'm now uh, my heart is now so big and full of uh, all kinds of stuff that uh, that it's actually t- it's it's taken away my uh, tendency to jump down the throat of political opponents. Well, then you should just you if you want wind chimes and chill, <laughs> then I know you're going to be watching the State of the Union tonight because <laughs> <laughs> what else is there besides chill when you watch Joe Biden? And already in advance of his State of the Union show tonight, the White House is telling us that uh, things look good, jobs we're gaining jobs. You know, uh, et cetera, et cetera. People's lives. We had a there was polling data yesterday. They asked that age old question that Ronald Reagan asked. Are you better off now than four years ago? A record number of people in America say they are worse off. So uh, my question for you is this. Is the State of the Union even important anymore? I'm debating whether I'm going to watch it. No, I mean, for a start, he can't do it. I mean, what charlatans like Bill Clinton could actually do this awful thing but uh you know normally when you switch on a boring show you sleep through it when you switch on joe biden he sleeps through it and that's <laughs> just you know so there's even less point to it but the actual it's particularly stupid this time because we had the actual state of the union last week which is that chinese balloon uh floating over uh the fruited plain for a week uh, and actually symbolizing what is going on, which is that thanks to Biden's generation of totally corrupt politicians on both sides of the aisle, uh, the the dominant global power has given its global dominance to an entirely different power. That's the state of the union uh, in the beginning of 2023. 
Do you think that Joe Biden will? I mean, his poll numbers seem to be cratering. A record number of Democrats, not a record number, I'm sorry, but enough Democrats are now chattering that they want someone else, that that becomes the headline. People are also saying, and that someone else is not Kamala Harris. We don't want her under any circumstances. Even her allies are waiting for her to find her voice. Uh, So you look at the political scene. The Republicans right now seem to be in pre-battle mode. Donald Trump has been making it known that he's displeased with uh, the idea that Ron DeSantis could be running. You have uh, uh, Nikki Haley, who said who who was indicating that she's about ready to step onto the stage. Others have been making noise. Mike Pence, Pompeo. Okay, we're 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 now two years out. Is it early enough that you can get your crystal ball out, Mark, and and tell us where does where does this well, thing look like it's headed for the next round? Well, actually, I you know as I said, I had my my second heart attack I had in France, and my doctors ordered me. Uh, you know, they prevented me from leaving the country. They said you can't fly anywhere, so I was stuck in France. And the one great advantage of that is I don't have to drive down to my general store in New Hampshire and encounter would be presidential candidates this early in the season. So I was very relieved about that. But the other thing I would say is that by any rational measure, Joe Biden's numbers should be way lower than anybody's numbers have ever been ever. Because life is wrecked. Life has been wrecked in blue states. Life has been wrecked in all those suburbs full of those suburban moms who wouldn't get on board with Trump. And yet the Democrats are confident that come election day uh, through uh, means fair and foul that they can they would they would love to drag Joe Biden across the finish line in November 2024 just to prove the point. They don't care. They, they, it, it's fascinating to me. You, you watch him in public and he's pathetic. He's a joke. He doesn't know where he is half the time. And yet the New York Times and the Washington Post, the, the, the emperor has no brain cells. And yet, uh, and yet all the courtiers hail him as the greatest visionary ever. And they think, well, you know, we thought we'd just get the first couple of years out of Joe Biden. Then we'd have to put, uh, and then we'd have to put Kamala in. But who knows? Uh, you know, maybe we can just carry in, you know, his rotting corpse to do state of the unions for the next six years. It doesn't say, and they would do that to the country just to prove the point because to to go back to what i said in 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 uh, 2020 you know when trump ran in 2016 he was all candidate and no handlers so they they figure they can defeat him with biden where it's no candidate and all handlers whoever the hell they are I pulled a story right before the show. I saw it, and I had to spring. I have to spring this one on you, Mark, because this will make you homesick for good old Canuckville. Okay, <laughs> Catholic. <laughs> this is today's state. If your 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 home country, mm-hmm. the Canucks, mm-hmm. Catholic high school student arrested after suspension for opposing transgender ideology. Mm. 
All right. Six, 16-year-old faces 10 years in prison. Mm. In prison. Mm. After he spoke out against transgender ideology at a Catholic school. Yep. yep. And the Catholic school told him, the leadership of the Catholic school told mm. him, his continued attendance at the school would be detrimental to the physical and mental well-being of their transgender students. Right. And so he was arrested by Ontario police, charged him after he attempted to attend class in violation of um, his exclusion order. Mm. Mm. You're excluded from class because right. you have beliefs that the Catholic Church used to have as commonplace beliefs. Yeah, the churches are not really, uh, including the Catholic Church, are not really standing up to any of this stuff. The good news is that if he does get sentenced to 10 years in jail, he can identify as a woman and serve it in a woman's prison. So uh, for an unpopular <laughs> high school student, that may be the way to go. We are we are actually, you know, I I think this stuff is serious. I think it's crazy. They're now talking. I think this is in Australia they're talking about taking the wombs of dead women and inserting them in men so men can have babies. Uh, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Hold on. Ser seriously? Yeah. Seriously, yeah. dude? Yeah. They no, I'm, I'm thinking of doing it. I mean, the whole business <laughs> with childbirth is you've got to have some icky biological woman involved. If they could just put the womb in me, bring it on, baby. You know, that's, <laughs> that is... What that is, and these are, by the way, you know, I, as I said, I know a little bit about health systems because I've been on the receiving end of them for the last couple of months. But, the, you know, in the United Kingdom, where it takes two business days for the ambulance to arrive after you hold emergency, uh, they can't do they can't do anything like that. You know, so they can't if you've got a hernia, they can't do anything with your hernia. But if you go in for the hernia, they'll be able to uh, open you up and put a womb in there so you can give birth. I mean, the, this it's this insanity and people laughed at it as as you and I have laughed at it. And as we laughed at it uh, doing uh, Rush's show for so many years and people would say, why are you talking about this, Stein? Uh, this is ridiculous. Nobody believes in this. No, that's not true. Everybody who matters in this society, including the politicians, the churches, the schools, they believe in all this. Uh, the publishers, as J.K. Rowling is learning, uh, they believe in this stuff 100 percent. Right. Oh, let me you. You triggered a question here. How what was the hospital care like for you in good old France? Oh, well, it was, it was fantastic, actually. And, and funnily enough, since I've been out of hospital, I get sort of a little bit down and things. I, I, I fantasize about being back in the ICU, <laughs> being, being ministered to by all those uh, delightful French nurses who kept me well away from, they kept me well away from anything that would, you know, cause my, uh, bum ticker to explode. So, you know, I, I couldn't utter the words Kevin McCarthy or anything like that because then, <laughs> then I, I, I was wired up to the machine. So I could, I could see that if, you know, the words Kevin McCarthy rose on my lips, then, uh, the, the, all the numbers would suddenly start flashing red and the alarms would go off and the nurses would come into the room. So they kept me away from all the stuff that would, 
uh, disturb uh, disturb me. I had I I can't. I, I was within fifteen. I mean, I don't want to do all this. Uh, you know, please. No, you have to tell stuff. us because so many people have been asking and worried. Uh, but I. I, I, you know, I, I appreciate that because I, I sort of, uh, I take the Churchillian thing that if you survive uh, death, you should have a jolly good laugh at it. But I was within 15 minutes of death and I couldn't have asked for more from Audrey, the nurse who met me at the door of this French hospital and saw I basically fell into her arms, uh, which usually I do with French women just because I'm drunk. Uh, but in this, uh, in this case, she correctly identified that I wasn't drunk, but I was dying. And I was on the slab within 40 minutes and all wired up. And uh, she saved my life. And I can't, I can't thank them enough for that. That's amazing. One last political story. Uh, over 100 groups are backing Joe Manchin and the GOP. The Republicans plan to block this ESG investing rule. Hmm. And you have attorney generals now in states. I was unaware of this until maybe a month or two ago. This, this is this environmental yep. standards and all this stuff that they want people to just go with woke businesses. Right. And, and so what do you think? Does this thing have legs? Do you think we're going to actually see this ESG woke investing standard be tossed out? Or is this just something we're going to have to learn to live with? And investors, too, watching their investments not do as well because of wokeness. Well, we need to do something about it because this the, it's. You can. It doesn't really matter if, like, uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of people in high school are woke. Uh, but it matters if serious businesses are woke, even against their own business interests. You know, the rap against corporations is supposed to be that they're all about the bottom line. In fact, uh, starting with the cultural industries, starting with Hollywood and television shows and Broadway, often they're uh, prepared to go against the bottom line because of the ideology. And you think, well, you know, they're these artistic types. That's fair enough. Now we're getting to the stage where people who make widgets uh, are supposed to go against the bottom line in the interests of wokeness and the correct attitudes. So it's spread from the cultural industries to the whole of industry now. And it's actually going to it's actually going to destroy the global economy and give China whatever the hell is left of that, because China isn't woke. Uh, unless unless we manage to stop it here at home. Uh, it's one of the biggest issues of our time, uh, the degeneracy of the business world on all this stuff. Now, one of the things that has been you have been inspiring me to do personally, Mark, is I rarely take vacations. I mean, uh. rarely. <laughs> over the years, and I'm like, over the years, you know what, I can count over the years, and I think in the last 30 years, I've had less than three months total vacation yeah, time. Yeah, I, I think that I, I've, I've known you for whatever it is, half, two-thirds of that time, and I would agree with that. You're never gone. So I've decided this year is the year to take a vacation, and I am going on the Mark Stein cruise. <laughs> yeah, and that Good. I th I'm looking forward to that. Where where it's in July, and uh, you're coming along, and my favorite uh, presidential candidate on the distaff side, Michelle Bachman, and all kinds of other special guests, and we're going from uh, Italy down the Adriatic, Croatia, Montenegro, uh, Greece, and you're going to love it. You're going to be mobbed. 
by thousands of Montenegrin hotties the minute you set foot in that fantastic uh, country. So uh, you're going to have a great time on that uh, on that cruise, Jack. And so for those that would like to join us cruising the high seas, how do they go about that? Uh, well, they can uh, find out. They can go to steinonline.com or they can go to marksteincruise.com. And we certainly want to see... Uh, uh, we, I, I, the, the, the thing people love about it, particularly from blue states where it can be a lonely existence, uh, is they love the conviviality of being able to say what you think without losing your job. So people love that on these, uh, on these cruises. The Californians and New Yorkers love it especially. We, I am looking forward to it, and we're also looking forward to having you back here. And we are so grateful to God, Mark. I, I said, I'm going to tell you, I, Mark, I wouldn't have been able to take it. Not after losing Rush, I wouldn't have been no. able to take it. So I'm just so grateful that you're back here with us, Mark. Thank you. Thank no, God. Thank, thank you, James. And I'm like you. I was I, Because right to the end with Rush, you think there's going to be a happy ending because he, he deserved a twist in the plot uh, that, 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 that would bring him back, not just for him and his family, but, but for all of us. And there's hardly a day, go by, day goes by when something in the news doesn't make me think, I, I wish Rush were here to tell me what's really going on there. So I'm with, you, I'm with you on that, James, and I'm glad to be back. Thank you, Mark Stein. Ladies and gentlemen, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. Bo Snurley's Rush Hour will continue. 800-848-WABC is your number. We'll be back right after this. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurley on the Red Apple Podcast Network. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, on WA. Beatles C. Pretend that I'm kissing 1964 February 7th Pan Am Yankee Clipper comes in to New York's JFK From London Heathrow. And with it, Beatlemania arrives in America. The very first visit to the United States by the Beatles. Paul McCartney, 21 years old, Ringo Starr, 23. John Lennon. 23. George Harrison, 20 years old. Seventy-three million. Seventy-three million Americans tune in to Ed Sullivan. And they get their first glimpse on American TV of the Beatles. Twenty thousand fans would 
Later go on February 11th to the Coliseum in Washington, D.C., first Beatle concert, States, and man, oh, man. Next day, back-to-back performances at Carnegie Hall. New York police had to close off the streets around it because of the mania that existed. And they stayed here until the 22nd of February when the Beatles returned to England. The first Beatles tour left a major imprint on American music. You can see, I remember, I was talking with Fred Bugs, Bugsy, about this. And Bugsy was one of, I, I told a story about how in, in grade school the next day some kids came in with with wig with the wigs, beetle wigs. They were talking about black kids here. I found out later on Bugsy was one of them. They did it, and he and a few others did. Um, uh, uh, they did their own impersonation of the Beatles, like a band. It was a major defining moment in not only American music but American culture. And when you look through, where would, do you remember, if you have any memories of that, and you want to share them with us here, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. If you remember, I remember watching the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. I remember so many groups that I saw the first, for the first time that would become the iconic groups of that era were on the Ed Sullivan show. He was just an incredible... We don't have anybody like Ed Sullivan that exists now. He was an incredible, he set the standard for variety shows. And there has never been a variety show with the kind of popularity and sway over America that Ed Sullivan has. Just like there has never been a late night show like the Tonight Show, and I know people before Johnny Carson would say, oh, Jack Parr did, but Johnny Carson was that guy that did late night television. There has never been anybody since, and there never will be anybody since with the talent and the acumen of Johnny Carson. But Ed Sullivan was like that for the daytime variety shows, and there will never be anything like it. So 1964 to 1970. And during that time, the Beatles had 18 albums 30, 30 top 10 singles during that period, 30 top 10 singles. And of course, each one of them had a, what we would call a successful solo career. And there were always hopes that the Beatles would somehow or another get back together, which never happened. Now you contrast the Beatles and their success and what happened with the Beatles. Contrast that with what we have seen this week coming out of the entertainment industry where Beyonce wins 32, has a total of 32 Grammys, and all we get instead of gratitude to the American people, to her worldwide audience, where all we get is a bunch of crying and moaning that she didn't win the album of the year. And how racist it is because some white guy wins the album of the year when Beyonce was nominated for it. You had, we had a great guest on yesterday, Peter Chalka, and he really nailed what's going on 
with the Grammys. And then you look at the stories that are still coming up today. Never, n- not to mention this whole devil worship business, this whole Satan worshiping thing on CBS networks. They should be ashamed of themselves for putting that on, or at least I don't even know whether it's CBS that should be ashamed of itself or the actual Grammys themselves for allowing that performance. Women in cages beaten with this whole demonic theme to it. And this is what American music has turned into supposedly. And then you get Beyonce whining or the Beyonce crowd. I don't think Beyonce herself, and I don't want to cast false dispersions on her. Maybe this is not even being generated from her. Maybe it's being generated from people around her. But there is widespread unhappiness amongst the Beyonce kingdom, the kingdom of Mrs. Z and Mr. Z, that she did not win that album of the year. And she arrived late. She missed her own first award, which, I mean, talk about a lack of respect. But this is what it's become. You got people now angry that Dave Chappelle won a Grammy for his outstanding comedy. You have people angry, angry, angry that people didn't win the Grammys, their choice. Beyonce's won more Grammys than the Beatles. Can you imagine that? And her influence long term on music and culture profoundly less than the Beatles. The Beatles changed the game. As songwriters, Lennon and McCartney deserved to have multiple Grammys. Their music changed the world. And it sparked a musical revolution. And by the way, they were always very clear about their influences, their influences being American R&B music, American rhythm and blues music, not only influenced and informed the Beatles, but informed the Rolling Stones as well, and uh, groups that I have tremendous amount of respect for. But you look at this whining and carping that took place after the devil worship on the Grammys this year. And then you contrast that. I mean, Beyonce was on stage with Smokey Robinson and uh, not on st- at the same time, but to share the same stage that night with Smokey Robinson and Stevie Wonder. And neither of them has won as many Grammys as this girl. Are you kidding me? Luther Vandross, you could go down the list of people who you say in your own mind. Aretha Franklin? Aretha Franklin sings circles around this girl. I mean, you don't have to go far to sing. Look, I'm not trying to be mean toward Beyonce. I'm just trying to be accurate. Beyonce is a great stylist musically. She is a stylist. She does. She can sing. I'm not saying she's not a a great singer. She can sing. But seriously, all you got to do is watch Dream Girls, for goodness sakes. Jennifer Hudson sang rings around her and doesn't have anywhere near the number of Grammys. And if it's about your performance, we can go down the list and find hundreds of artists in my mind that are more deserving 
because of their ability to be the number one Grammy winner of all time, including classical artists, including jazz artists who don't even get the recognition for what they have contributed to. And then we get all this crying and moaning about poor little Beyonce because Beyonce didn't get the album of the year. It is sickening. It's sickening beyond belief. I'm just about, I gave up on the Grammys a long time ago. I think what needs to happen in the music industry is that there should be an award given by musicians to musicians. And by performers and people that really know music and not just limited to what sells records because anybody in America knows that what sells records in many cases is nothing but utter complete garbage. Anyway, I didn't mean to get on such a long rant, but I did. James Golden, AKA, we're celebrating today. Mark Stein back. We're going to take your calls when we come back. James Golden, AKA, Snurly on Bo Snurly's Rush Hour. The State of the Union show is tonight. We'll see how that goes. Your call's coming up. Don't go away. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. One of the things that we'll talk about tomorrow, there's a case down in at the border. A 73-year-old man shot and killed an illegal immigrant coming onto his property. He is being held on a million dollars bail and 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 we'll, they won't let the guy out of jail so that we can talk about tomorrow in the meantime let's head for the telephones and pat and new jersey welcome how are you thank you for waiting pat thank you uh, i just want to say about the uh the beatles coming over this day in 1964, um, this was three months after the Kennedy assassination, and the whole country was in mourning. So it was like more or less we we could have permission to have fun again. You know, you wow, that is very, very, very astute because that is exactly right. The country was in a, if you want to use the term, in a funk after the Kennedy assassination. I remember that, too. I mean, the Kennedy assassination. I remember watching TV and seeing Lee Harvey Oswald be, uh, was when Jack Ruby uh, killed Lee Harvey Oswald on national TV. And that was a Sunday morning. And I remember my parents came in right. At, they were at church. They came in right after that. We were all glued to our TVs. And boy, that was a terrible period in American history. Just the, the couldn't believe that an American president had been assassinated. You're absolutely right. And then when the Beatles came, it was like, yeah, okay, let's let's have some fun again. Thank you yeah. so much. Appreciate that. Uh, also, let's see Bruce in New Jersey. How are you, Bruce? All right, Mr. Snarley. How are you today? Good, thank you. 
Hey, do you remember Jack Parr? Now, yes and no. I remember vaguely Jack Parr. Well, I just mentioned him before Carson. I don't remember him on nighttime TV at all, but I do remember a, Jack Parr. He had a variety show on Friday night. To make a long story short, probably in the fall of 63, he comes on. He starts talking about a trip to Europe that he and his daughter took. And he has tape of these, this group and that's just driving everybody, all the girls crazy and all that sort of thing and just wanted to share with everybody. And he puts it on and it's the Beatles. <gasps> and you can, obviously the girls are going nuts over in England and everybody's screaming and they're singing. And he was just very dismissive of it. Like, oh, isn't this, you know, this is so stupid and this is, you know, so funny. And, you know, these guys are just, you know, they're, they're never going to amount to anything. And, you know, sure enough, you know, a couple months later, obviously in February, here they are, you know, in America and took it by storm. But I always remember that for this little clip that he had on, uh, you know, a couple of months before they were on the Ed Sullivan show. So, I wonder if that, if that, if someone has posted that on YouTube, maybe we can find it somewhere. That's, man, may, how awesome. It may be around. It may be around. You should try so, to, yeah, try I, to I haven't looked for it. I, I should try to, yeah, that, that'd be great to, to see if that's, uh, if that still exists and when it was, uh, when he had it. So yeah. uh, it, it was pretty cool. Thank so. you, Bruce. Appreciate that. What a great call. Thank you, Bruce. Appreciate it. Tony in Manhattan, you're up next. I want to hold your hands. I was 22 years old working in Queens Woodhaven Boulevard in a supermarket. They closed the supermarket because they passed by there. And let me tell you something. It was something I remember just like today. I'm 82 years old, and I remember it. Oh, my goodness. And I remember, too, when they say that they were more famous than Jesus Christ. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> oh, that no, it wasn't there. I believe it was John that said that. Yeah. And boy, did they live to regret that remark for a while. Oh, anyway. my goodness. I remember. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yes. That one remark set a lot of people. Uh, can I say something else that happened go that ahead. year, too? Hello? Yep, go ahead. Uh, that year, too, uh, one of the Pope, Pope John 23, passed by the supermarket. He was, Queens was very, very popular at that time. But the mirrors. Forget it. It was the best. Thank you, Tony Melendez. Bye. Bye, Tony Melendez. Don in Connecticut. Welcome you on WABC, WA Beatles C on this anniversary date of the Beatles. Hey, Curtis. I wonder if Curtis thinks that the Beatles were. Uh, he's another one. Let's grab Curtis in here real quick. Yeah, let's anyway. hear Curtis. Yeah. Yeah. Don, what's your well, memories hi. of the Beatles? Well, first of all, uh, James, it's an honor to talk to you. You, you. you run a great show, and God bless Mark Stein. Boy, yeah, we had a scare there. Um, the Beatles' memories, I remember everything. I remember the landing of the plane and seeing them on the news that night. I did see all their performances on the Ed Sullivan Show. And, of course, uh, during the first performance, this is a classic I'll share with you. My mother turns to my father and I and says this. Oh, this is a flash in the pan. They won't be around in like two years. Not like Beethoven or Mozart. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Curtis Slewa. They did change the world and they changed the, uh, the music scene as we knew it. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Curtis, the greatest rock and roll group of all time, the Beatles. 
Today's the anniversary of them coming to the United States in 1964. Were you cheering them on in your little uh, shorts and, 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 you know, little uh, 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 kitty bopper outfit back then with the red beret? Absolutely not, because uh, live at Forest Hills, where they used to play the U.S. Open and they had concerts, here was Jimi Hendrix coming from Seattle. He was the opening act for the Monkees. And they booed Jimi Hendrix off the stage because the biggest group in America at that time was the Monkees. Curtis, are you the aware Beatles of that? Preceded the Monkees? No, they did not. Curtis, once in terms again, of popularity. No, nope. in terms of popularity, yes, they did. No, they did not. The number one group in America was the Monkees. It was not the Beatles. It was not the Rolling Stones. You have no idea Curtis, what you're talking about. When the Beatles came to America, oh shoot, it's time. By the way, who was the first person to actually interview them? Murray the K of the Swinging Soiree. Everybody else takes credit for it, like WABC, always, right? Uh, WA, Beatles, C. Nope, that's incorrect. It was Murray the K and the Swinging Soiree. W-I-N-S, when it was top 40. Who made the Beatles popular? We embraced the Beatles at WABC, which is why they will always be linked to WABC, and you're right, Murray the K did interview them. And the first but. time they ever spun stacks of wax of the Beatles, it wasn't even in New York, it was in Washington, D.C. We pimped you're that ride. You're just a downer. You are just like the most down person ever when it comes to the Beatles. What is wrong with you? Man, what's wrong with you? You're a black man. I was listening to WWRL. Oh, I was listening now. to R&B. What is wrong with you? I was listening to R&B, too. Didn't stop me from appreciating the Beatles. We all appreciated the Beatles, except for you. They culturally appropriated black people's music. What's wrong with you, brother? James Golden, what's wrong with you? <laughs> On that happy note, my friends, we have to end it for today. They culturally, they always acknowledged, and I said that earlier, they always acknowledged the music that informed them, unlike others. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families, my friends. Thank you for being with us today. We'll be back tomorrow. Boston Early's Rush Hour. Catch a night up next. Get that WABC app. Keep it here all day, all night long. Here on WA Beetle C, the crown jewel of American radio. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.